It's time for Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Yo, 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 yo! Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio. Happy Tuesday! Another great day, beautiful weather. We got wall-to-wall hoops. Well, not day hoops. But we do have day baseball, spring training baseball going on at 12 o'clock today. If anybody's got a wild hair, let me tell you something. Oh, yeah, if you got that, if you got that itch, you can scratch it. There is also some uh, foreign basketball leagues going on. I was just looking at some stupid things this morning. Um, Trying to figure something out. Can't figure it out. But today we're going to figure out something important. We've got David Cobb from CBSSports.com coming on the show today. We are going to find us some great basketball games tonight. Because it is a super duper Tuesday. And we're going to gamble. I'm going to find a three game parlay out there for you. That is our goal of the day. Did you hear me, Dacus? John, I'm glad you brought up gambling because... Because you uh, like to gamble. Well, shout out to the PGA Tour. we got to get all our bets in in the next <laughs> couple of days because March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. Uh, sports can be unpredictable. Know when to lay up. Get it? Golf reference there. Uh, for resources to help overcome a gambling addiction, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER today. So the PGA Tour... Looking out for you. So, I did not know that March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. Probably could have picked a better name, um, but we we need to be aware of our gambling in March. I get it why they picked March, though. Because of March Madness. And started baseball. Yeah. You got so many things going going on. on. Started the UFL. I mean, you're betting on everything. Man, everything's going on. When's the UFL start? March 30th. Literally like the last day of March. I think same day MLB starts. Isn't that March 30th as well? Mm Mm-hmm. It is. I'm pretty damn sure it is. Because it was right before April, I do remember that, and 30th is right before, March 30th is right before April 1st, so like we're good on this, we're good on this. But tonight, basketball, man, you got Cincinnati and Houston, Houston now the number one team in the country, even though, I mean, right now if you look at the number one seeds across the country, who are the four one seeds for sure? Uh, I think three are for sure, UConn, Houston, and uh, Purdue. I would put in Arizona as the fourth. Okay, I guess I, I think I phrased that wrong. I phrased that completely yes. wrong. Who is the number one overall seed? Uh, Houston. I mean, but look at the schedules remaining. Well, you're talking about right now. Okay, yeah, I'm Houston. talking. No, no, what I'm saying. Or we can't we, predict wins and losses. No, boy, that's what we're going to try to do because we're getting <laughs> together a three game parlay. Okay, Dad Gummit, we are getting together a three game parlay. So we're going to get all that good stuff today. We are going to find you a winner. We're going to tear it up. We're going to use a little college, maybe NBA, if you need a little action like that. But what I was mentioning about college basketball is Houston, Purdue, UConn, and don't tell me that Tennessee, with the remaining schedule that they have, couldn't vault themselves all the way up to number one. Have you looked at what Tennessee has left on their damn schedule? Uh, I have. They, They certainly could. That is by far the hardest schedule remaining. They have the 11th ranked Auburn Tigers, the 14th ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. You got the game 
Cox in South Carolina, who are currently ranked 18th. And then you close the season out against Kentucky, who is 16. You got four quad one games. You got four top 25 teams, all before you even have to play the SEC tournament. So Tennessee still has a chance, I think, uh, for that number one overall seed. And then when you just look over at the top, I'd say, I mean, because I feel like Arizona and Marquette still have an opportunity to sneak up to that number one line. I mean, Tennessee's schedule is so brutal. You go two and two and get knocked out of the the SEC tournament, you know, they could stumble. So there's still a lot left. And I just don't remember um, seeing this many teams this late in the year that could be number one overall pit, number one overall seeds, and how tight it is just for the number one overall seed itself. I mean, it's just going to be wild. Houston, Purdue, UConn, Tennessee, Marquette, Arizona. They're all balling, but we're talking college basketball today with David Cobb at 1130. 12 o'clock. We're going to switch gears and talk about them Tigers. Tigers, of course, you know, got that big win against FAU. Got three very difficult games left. UAB is next. And Andy Kennedy has his boys playing extremely good basketball right now. We'll break down that with Zach Boyd. We'll also talk a little bit of Grizzlies. We'll talk a lot of NBA action. Uh, you know, um, Zach Boyd loves the association, so we're going to break that down. We'll probably talk a little bit about um, something I saw interesting. Um, did you see the LeBron James stuff? Uh, Just to talking about his son, Oh, Ronnie. yeah, I mean, good for him. I mean, good for him, I guess. I just do have to say, though, it's not like his son ever brought this upon himself because I've never hear, heard his son out there talking stuff. But wasn't it LeBron James who basically said he wanted to play in the NBA with his son? Yeah. So now that he's saying, can y'all please just let a kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and the results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all do not know – or I'm sorry – if y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works, earned, not given. I don't know why. That just, like, I'm not going to talk about Bronny James because Bronny James doesn't talk about Bronny James. LeBron, it's always you that brings up Bronny James and gets him talked about the media. So, like, if you quit, I think everybody else will quit because, I mean, I, I don't feel like anybody else is putting all these expectations on his their, his his son other than realistically LeBron James. Um, I mean, call me crazy. I mean, he's a like I said, he's a kid. He's a college kid. He's a basketball player. He had a freaking, almost like a, a cardiac arrest dead gummit at USC's practice. Sure I just don't feel that people right now are throwing the expectations on LeBron's kid and Bronny other than LeBron James. And I don't think a lot of people were talking about LeBron James and, oh, I mean, did you think after he had a cardiac arrest that he was going to be in the NBA draft this year? Because I sure as hell didn't. Well, I mean, I didn't think before he had a cardiac arrest that he was going to be in the NBA after this. Very year. good point. Very but good point. But I think I think it's largely fans that have put that on him because I, I think it's not fans. I think it's trollers because LeBron is constantly it speaking. It could be. I mean, I'm just saying. Out of all the players in this world, I mean, LeBron James is the brightest shining star in the NBA. My man has been doing it for 20 years. He is a top three player to walk the place of the earth in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. But he's also, I think, just not very self-aware. Like The reason I think he's one of the athletes that's so polarizing, a lot of people don't like him, 
And then some people like some people love him. Some people just kind of he just irks you wrong because he's always telling everybody else what they're supposed to do. And he never puts a check on himself. And he doesn't realize like people wouldn't be talking about your son or, or, or coming and trolling on the ex if you weren't bringing these things up. You were the one who put out there and said, whoever drafts my son, I would do anything to go play for him. By the way, you have a lot of power. You are LeBron bleeping James. Maverick Carter runs a dead gump sports agency. You know what I'm saying? Like you are like everything you touch. You got your fingers in everything. So I'm just I all I was just going to bring up cuz I just I just thought it was weird that people are now talking about LeBron James and talking about well he wants people to kind of lay off his son, and I understand that people should, you know, hey, let Bronny be a kid and all this stuff. Damn it, LeBron, you're the one who did this. You're the one. Oh, by the way, do you remember last year? He said that right now his son is better than some of the guards in the NBA. Do you not remember that? Yeah. Who's putting those expectations out? Wow, man. <laughs> I, what, what I'm just saying, if he would, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't get to put all those things out there. And then if somebody says, hey, well, you said your son's better than players in the NBA. How come, you know, he's not even listed as a first or second round pick, yada, yada, yada. And then he gets offended. Oh, let my kid be a kid. Bro, you were the one who started the conversation. Like nobody else was saying, damn, man, your son next year is ready to take over the NBA. Did you see him score 44 points the other night? No, because he's averaging five. He's played in 19 games in college. Right. Like, I don't know about you, but I ain't putting putting mad. I mean, how many – I mean, listen, Ken Grevy Jr. and Ken Grevy Sr., what they did was magical, right? Yeah. That was awesome. If LeBron got to play with his kid, that would be awesome. We would love to see that happen. Sure. But none of us were putting those expectations or thinking about LeBron and Bronny playing together until you mentioned it. So I'm just saying, like, like, come on, LeBron, be a little more self-aware because him constantly blaming everybody else in the world. He blames the Lakers organization on everything. He blames the Cavaliers. He blames – it's always somebody else. It's never LeBron. And the media is so unfair. People are so unfair to my son. Bro, no, nobody's being unfair. Go ahead. What do you think? I think I, th- I don't think you have been, but I do think there have been some, and I think fans in particular. I mean, you'd be surprised the amount of people that showed up to Bronny James games when he was a sophomore in high school before anybody was Sierra even talking Canyon. about him. Yeah, I remember. I mean, but LeBron were, James jerseys. Yeah, I but mean, those, also LeBron's friends were all showing up at that game. It became a scene, right? But I think I do think there have been people that have put unfair expectations on him. Not just LeBron James. Like I, I do think there have been people that have. Put, Would you say that nobody's put more expectations on their son than LeBron? Which, and by the way, I understand. I have children. I want them to be the best. I, I believe they can do anything. I'm just also not. Coming, you know, you, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is let me introduce you to LeVar Ball. I okay, mean. <laughs> okay, hold on. All right, so what's the difference between what LeBron James and LeVar Ball doing? LeBron, LeBron James has a louder microphone than LeVar Ball. No, I agree. LeVar Ball had to scream louder and say more That's crazy true. things. Yes. Like, one is more respected than the other. My kid's better than Steph Curry. Exactly. Uh, my I could beat MJ in one on one. I can beat, yeah, I can beat Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I trust one of them more than the other. But what I mean is, yes, but what I'm saying is is it was LeVar Ball who brought it to the sure. table, and nobody had a problem 
saying things about LeBron James. I mean, uh, LeVar Ball. Right. Like, oh, my God, this dude's crazy. Yeah. No, like, hey, two of his kids made it to the NBA. That's right. Good father. I mean, One's playing in Mexico and, right now. In, in uh, Leangelo. Uh, Leangelo. There you go. Um, what do they call him? What? Jello? Jello. Jello's doing his thing, making money in ball. That's right. But what I mean is, is like, if LeVar Ball is going to be basically – I mean, because everybody brought him on to make fun of him, did they not? I mean, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And all I'm just saying is LeBron James ain't so far from LeVar Ball, Ball because he's the, guy, he's the guy, I guess, who put all these expectations. And Again, said he was better than NBA players currently, said that he was this. So I just – I don't know. And, and you know me. I find LeBron James very polarizing. Mm-hmm. When he says things, I – can't help but take notice because I always am crazy and compared him to MJ. By the way, the little sidebar, I saw a, gosh, I can't remember if it was like an MLB network or a MLB podcast type kind of thing, but they were talking about the goats. And this guy said, you know, Michael Jordan isn't the goat. And no, it's not LeBron James. And no, it's not Tom Brady. And no, it's not, uh, you know, so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And you know he said the, the goat of all goats? Because he says if you want to be a goat, you have to have records that will never, ever become close to being broken. He says that he thinks the goat of all goats, he thinks is Nolan Ryan. What do you think about that? Man and never, never won a Cy Young. Never won a Cy Young. Never won a Cy Young. But do you want to know something even crazier about Nolan Ryan, though? What's that? Uh, do you know that Randy Johnson is the only person who even came close to Nolan Ryan's strikeout record? Mm-hmm. And do you know he was still a thousand strikeouts short? Mm-hmm. Do you know Nolan Ryan pitched twenty seven years? Yeah, and was pretty much excellent throughout the twenty seven years. I mean, the dude five thousand seven hundred and fourteen strikeouts. Nobody will ever do that. Hell, that's pretty damn crazy. I kind of like what he said. And I guess it also liked it because it's baseball. That's right. But, dude, Nolan Ryan, think about it. 27 years, you would have to pitch 22 years and average 250 strikeouts a year just to get close to him and tie him. Hey, Nolan, win a Cy Young, then come talk to me. But why in the hell did this guy never win a Cy Young? Are you kidding me? He was even in the MVP race a couple times, but didn't win a Cy Young. That's right. Strikeout king. Nobody has more no-hitters. Nobody has more strikeouts. And again, still 27 years pitching in baseball. In all serious, though, uh, I'm glad you brought him up because I love whenever whenever somebody brings up Nolan Ryan and I can tell them uh, to go watch the Chasing Nolan That's documentary. That's a great documentary it on It is Netflix. one of the best documentaries I have seen in a really long time. It really is. I'll give you that. And again, um, the man who pitched 27 years, career 3.19 ERA, 27 seasons. It's crazy. Damn, dude is nasty. Now, we've kind of got off a little bit on um, a little couple side tangents because I just wanted to get this whole expectation thing that, like, I don't know anybody's really putting on it. Thank you for making me a little bit aware that some people do. Um, but again, the LeBron James situation. Now, basketball. Big Monday was terrible. 
At least I was terrible. Really? I did terrible. Oh, you did terrible. I thought I you were saying terrible. the games were terrible. No, no, no. The games were fine. There's a but, but there's more action tonight. I think better action tonight. Like Kentucky against Mississippi State. I can't wait to see this. What do you think the line is on that game? It's uh, Mississippi State minus three. Damn, you looked at it already. It's, it's moved to three and a half, oh, by the way, wow. since this morning. It's already so more people right now. The early money has got sixty percent of the money coming on Mississippi State. So the early money is on Mississippi State, which to me is kind of wild. I mean, did you see Kentucky just drop a, what a hundred and seventeen or right. something? Yeah. Like, damn, bro, they were they they couldn't miss. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State, though, they got some big boys down low. The problem is Mississippi State drives me crazy because, one, they can't hit threes. And the the thing that drives me the craziest is they're a terrible free-throw shooting team. Are they really going to beat Kentucky? I know they're desperate. They need this win so bad it's not even funny. The weird thing is, is both teams um, are 19-8. and eight. But, damn, look at the perception of Kentucky over Mississippi State. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to ask David Cobb about that game because I'm, I'm still a little bit hung up. On which way to go. I think there's a really interesting game tonight in the Big 12. You know, I think the Big 12 is definitely not the best conference. That's the SEC. But Kansas and BYU go at it tonight. I know you love BYU's big man who can stroke the threes. Ali Khalifa. Ali Khalifa. My man is, and I completely 100% what you meant by the college Nikola Jokic. I would say more of the college Demonis uh, Sabonis mm. because he's not as big as Joker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's he's similar in that aspect. He but doesn't he's, move he's, as well. He does. He moves more like Jokic, right? And that's that's but his I'm size from, is more of is in Sabonis. terms of his build is like oh, his, he's kind of he's, like nobody looks at Jokic and is like wow he's a athletic, super athletic specimen. Yeah, Khalifa. You don't look at Ali Khalifa and go, man, that's a freak right there. You go, huh? That guy plays basketball. Kind of. Okay. Yeah, he's like he looks a little chubby yeah, and stuff, and yeah. and has like you know he looks he's got the dad bod thing long, but bro, he can shoot and has great. Short vision, yeah, good player. Um, so I got to give him a lot of credit. And I look at Kansas, and again, the one thing I constantly say: Kansas plays through the paint. There's a little bit slower. I mean, are they getting better? Yes, and yes. Do they have better athletes? Yes. But BYU can hit that three. Kansas yeah. is six and a half point favorite. Hmm. Mm, I don't know about that. Um, they're also. I'm scared to death though of Allen Fieldhouse because that yeah, place is freaking crazy to play. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, nobody goes in Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, that's the one thing. Like, that's the hardest part about this game because I feel like I want to take BYU in the points. But the one thing that scares me is not the team on the court. It's the damn fans in the stands. John, I don't blame you at all. And, you know, they don't lose at Allen Fieldhouse. They don't. They don't. So, there's some great basketball. We're definitely going to discuss tons of it with um, our good friend, David Cobb, again, Grizzlies, what, what's going on with them? We'll talk about that at Kevin twelve. Color also out for Kansas. So oh, I didn't still, know he was out. Yeah, he might be out for this whole season. So, what? Yeah, that's what that their best player. Uh-huh. Yeah, Michael Swain. I just uh, thought I saw him in the last. Did he not come back and play one game? I, I don't know. Michael Swain tweeted out yesterday. He covers oh, uh, Kansas for. Uh, for two four seven, and uh, he said, "Self said he's not sure if Kansas will get Kevin McCuller back this season." He said it's week to week with his bone bruise on his knee. Self hopes McCuller will be able to help KU B ball in the postseason. So it sounds like we're playing the long game with McCuller. That if he does come back, it won't be until uh, sometime in the uh, NCAA tournament. Dang, dang, dang. 
that's um that's a huge blow to a team that already was thin. Yeah, that is a huge blow. You know the NFL uh, combines coming up. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're we're already getting GMs and coaches talking. We'll get the uh, on field stuff started. What Thursday? Thursday. How about that? I, I know. That. Can you believe it? This week crazy I, I my brother told me that like last week he's like yeah you know the combines next week and i was like no chance and yes sure sir i'm wondering about caleb mills drake may Jaden daniels caleb williams caleb mills plays for the tigers what did i say you can say caleb mills oh i'm sorry he's caleb tiger. williams <laughs> sorry mr uh 13 and the great dr pepper commercials i think that commercial with uh him not being um like superstitious Oh, yeah, I wear yeah. the number 13, uh-huh. and then he walks under a ladder. Yeah, and then there's like a cat that runs behind. And there's a cat, him, and, and there's great. a manhole yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, so I, that's pretty good. But I will say, um, there's been a lot of talk about Drake May. And I mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, there's rumors out there that, you know, Washington is praying that Chicago takes Caleb Williams because, it, because they want Drake May. Oh, wow. Um, I did, will say, though, I did see... Of course, because you know they're all putting the, their little videos out. I'm sure you've probably checked them out on the X and different sites. My man Drake May has got a freaking hose. Sure does. Hose. And he does play within that system. Caleb Mills being more of the uh, – kind of reminds me of Kyler Murray. Not the size, of course, but mm-hmm. you know when the play breaks down, he, he moves around the pocket, keeps his eyes down the field. He's a very athletic, you know, very, very athletic. I mean, man, there's three really good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then don't forget, you still have, I don't think he's going to be any good, but J.J. McCarthy, some people think will be a first-round yep. pick. Bo Nix is out there. Man's played a lot of damn football. Don't know if he's an NFL quarterback, but well, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. So I'm looking forward to the combine. I did think it's pretty wild. Did you see uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not um, going to participate? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I guess uh, you know, but he's, I like he's what done he enough. said. Um, by the way, I, I think it's genius. You know what he said he's going to do? No, what he said? He's like, I'm not working um, to you know to run cone drills and to do that. I said I'm working to be a better football player. Mm. I like them. And he said, sorry that I'm going to make the scouts actually have to go do their job and look at them. <laughs> hey. He said, I have enough – he goes, I have enough film on tape for playing does. at Ohio State yeah. that they can go do their jobs. They don't need to watch me run around, uh, do my 40 and stuff. So you ever think there will be a time where the combine is just thrown out the window for the top athletes and the rest of it? You know what I mean? I understand – like if you – like, Kayla, like dude, Marvin Harrison Jr., why would he have to be in the combine? Yeah. Honestly, like – there is going to be a time when it's no big names. It's all the 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 the, the guys who are trying to get on yeah. the third, fourth, fifth, trying to separate themselves from other individuals. Yeah, no, I I was just thinking about that when you brought that up. Is we're we're seeing more and more top athletes, these top picks, opting out uh, of both the NBA combine and the NFL combine. And so I think you know we we might get to a point where instead of watching. First rounders and second rounders. You're watching late second round. You're third watching rounds, the quarterback from rounds. the Ohio Bobcats. Right, right. You know, you're, you're watching these guys that are they're good players, but you know, maybe we just haven't seen enough of trying to go and show scouts like, hey, I can play in the NFL and, and be kind of that second or third day selection. Man, we got spring training baseball combines this week with the NFL. We got Super Tuesday tonight. Some NBA action. Also, but on the, also, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up real quick because I don't know if we'll have an opportunity to bring it up later. Did you see Jackson Dart? got a NIL deal with a private jet company? No, he didn't. Yes, he did. And he can. they said he can use the private jet. And, you know, they give him so many hours. They what can use the private jet count. for travel, uh, training, and philanthropy is what it said. So, I mean, 
Good for Jackson Dart. Now, Jackson needs that because the the rumor is that Jackson, great quarterback, Mm -hmm. kind of a little bit of a strange dude. Is he? Yeah. How so? I don't know if I'm... Not good with the ladies or something? I'm just a little bit. No, 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 no. Of course, I mean he's. Of course, he's going to do good with the ladies. The quarterback, yeah, breaking but Ole you Miss. know, some some of those guys are a little a little creepy. Yeah, he's a, like, I, okay, well, um, yes, he's just a strange. He's a little bit of a strange mm, bird. Interesting. Loves him. Loves him some some Jackson. But oh, you know what? I can't I, blame him. I mean, I love him. I love John. Me some have I heard that? Man. Nobody loves Jackson Dart more than Jackson Dart loves Jackson Dart. You know what, though, man? To be honest with you, I can't blame him. John, I would too. If I was the starting quarterback at Ole Miss that was supposed to be the starter at USC, I'd probably love me some Brian as well. Yeah, man. Well, hey, everybody out there, do me a favor. Love yourself. That's right. We got David Cobb on the other side. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The only power source capable of generating 1.21 gigawatts of electricity is a bolt of lightning. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I am your buddy, Johnny Radio. Hang, hanging out all day with Brian Dacus. Brian Dacus is so good. He's going to be here, you know, till 1 o'clock. Then he's going to be here from 3 to 6 with Brett Norris. We're here all day. No, Man. by myself today, John. Me and me and Johnny Hill. Brett's out today. Oh, dude, really? Nice, nice. Where's Brett? Is he on vacation, playing golf? He's taking some days, a couple days off today and tomorrow. Taking some days you know, off. Like we were saying, you got to love yourself. You got to take some me time. You got to take care of your what, – what did uh, what'd they say? You got to take care of your mental and your your chicken. What was that? Mental and your – you got to take care of your chicken. I know that. That's, well, not that chicken. I think more more money <laughs> was the chicken being referred to. Oh, man. I didn't even know that. Man, well, my, my chicken is my moneymaker, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like uh, – I'm a cook. I'm Gross. a chef. <laughs> I'm going to bring in David Cobb. We're going south. What's up, DC? How's life, brother? What's up, man? Just uh, sitting here filing a story about Boise State's offensive coordinator hire. You want to get into that? Oh, dude, what you got for me, brother? Oh, well, they are hiring Dirk Cutter, who you might remember that name. He was the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach for a while. And Mm -hmm. this is like his third time working for Boise State. He keeps trying to retire, uh, and then he keeps coming back to Boise State because he's from Idaho. He used to coach there back in the day. And I don't know if you remember, but they just landed uh, former five-star quarterback Malachi Nelson uh, out of the portal from USC. So, um, yeah, it may be relevant to Memphis fans to a certain extent because uh, Memphis will be battling with Boise State uh, as one of the favorites out of the group of five to win that uh, that automatic bid to the college football playoff. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a good way to, to localize that one there. So Malachi Nelson is now going to Boise State. Dirk Cutter is not going to retire, and he's going to join them. Um, damn, that's uh, that's pretty crazy, right there. The yeah, Broncos, it's interesting. I don't the know. Broncos, Broncos are uh, making some moves. They are. They're making a move there. This is their third head coach now that they've had in the last few years. I was actually I mean, sitting here thinking to myself, I can't even think of who their head coach is off the top That's of right. Head. I mean, I had to remind myself of it about an hour ago. It's Spencer Danielson, who was their defensive I would defensive never have gotten there. 
I would never have I mean, gotten it's, there. It's, uh, he's 35. He's never been a head coach before. And so having a, an old vet like Dirk Cutter. So what is Dirk staff, Cutter, like 45, 50 years older than him? <laughs> my, yeah, my man is uh, he's 65. And he was a... Uh, he was the head coach at Boise State like 25 years ago, and uh, he keeps trying to retire, and they keep bringing him back. I guess he's, he's living in Idaho, and I, I would assume he gets bored after a year out of coaching. And uh, Anyway, yeah, Boise State and Memphis don't play this year. Uh, I know they've played at, at times in the past, but uh, yeah, big news in the group of five ranks. Dude, didn't he, by the way, can I ask you something? Wasn't Dirk Cutter, didn't he retire two years ago? Yeah, yeah. From so the Falcons? Yeah, so he was so after he got fired at Tampa Bay, he he landed with the Falcons as their offensive coordinator. That he was there for two years, so then he retired, got fired. I, I forget how it ended, but he was out of coaching in twenty one. He moves back to Idaho because that's home, and then and then they hire him as an analyst at Boise State. I guess again, like, I guess okay, he was bored. See, I, I didn't know he did the analyst thing. He was making twenty four thousand. He was just oh, doing it for Lord. fun. Because his, you know, his his son was a receiver on the team. I guess he wanted something to do. Well, then, like three games into the season, they name him the offensive coordinator. Um, so anyway, then he he actually did, did really he keep well the twenty four thousand dollars a year salary, or did he get a little bump in pay? That's funny. I actually don't know the answer to that. I would assume he got a, a pretty nice bump, um, and he did a good job. But then he he was like, oh, it's time for somebody else to do this. Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I've already said my goodbyes to football. And now here we are going into 2024, he's back. And you got to think part of the reason he's back is because he's seeing Malachi Nelson on the roster and he's thinking, okay, you know, this could be something. Yeah, go ahead. David, I'm sorry I have to interject. I'm very excited. Uh, John will not care about this question. Most of the listeners will probably not care about this question, but I care about this (laughs) question, so I'll ask it anyway. As you said, you know, this coach, he sees Malachi Nelson on the roster. He immediately wants to come back to Boise State and be a part of the program. In a couple of months, uh, David, I, I know yourself, a lot of other people will be taking over as coaches in the new video game NCAA mm-hmm. uh, college football. Excuse me, we're not calling it NCAA. What now? College football 25. The college football video game series is coming back, John. Very exciting. All the players will be in it. We got that announcement last week. They can opt in $600 and a copy of the game. When I'm looking at these G5 schools, David, because I love building up programs. I see Malachi Nelson at Boise State. Jordan McLeod just went to Texas State this morning. Oh, yeah. Ty Thompson is at Tulane now. you got to have a great quarterback when building up one of these small programs. Memphis obviously bringing back Seth Hennigan. Who would be your top group of five team to take over in college football 25 in a couple months? So I like to start at the bottom. I like oh, yeah. to take over the, the, like the Louisiana Monroe. Oh, I'm all the, in on Sam Houston this year. Or the Akron. And then yeah. once, you, once you win at Louisiana Monroe or Akron, then you go to like yeah, Boise State or Coastal Carolina or Memphis, and that's where you can like build a dynasty. I love you know, it. It, man, you don't Memphis. come to Memphis, man. <laughs> I, I did it once. I mean, I used to have a, a Memphis dynasty that was like they were perennial contenders, like in the national title discussion every year. I'm really excited to get that game back because now too. I can uh, I can live all the things that I wish I had actually done with my real life. <laughs> So a game's coming out soon, I take it? This is the yeah, football like Ju- game? Yeah, July, early July. I'm super excited. Man, I am so happy for all of y'all in the video game world. Now, um, by the way, if you can't tell David Cobb, you know who he is. He, he writes at CBSSports.com. He doesn't just do college basketball. My man's knee-deep in college football. He covers them both, and he does it better than anybody. Also on Twitter, at David W. Cobb. Now, David, I also have to jump over here. One more little football question. Since we are moving to... The 12. Um, you got five automatics 
and you got your seven at larges, the basically that fifth autom like automatic is going to be basically uh, could be a Memphis or as you said a, a Dagon Boise State. It'll be a non a non power four champion, the highest ranked one. Uh, that's obviously the only chance. How good of a chance, realistically, do you think Memphis has at getting that automatic qualifier? Yeah, I'd say there's about seven or eight teams that will compete from the group of five for that spot. Uh, you got to look at, at the Sun Belt, which has produced some pretty good teams in the last few years, and then the Mountain West, and then those are your your you know your two leagues that'll provide the stiffest competition. I mean, I don't see the MAC providing a, a college football playoff team unless it's somebody that goes undefeated and nobody ever goes undefeated Not in, the, in Mac. the Mac. Dude, so, action, and then I baby, get, Tuesdays and Wednesdays that you never know. Yeah, exactly. And then um, Liberty is one. I mean, they're in Conference USA. As a whole, that league is bad. But if you go undefeated like Liberty could do, then then, then you got to worry about Liberty. So, yeah, Memphis, if they're going to make it, you, know, you, you just have to be the highest ranked group of five champion that's that's the team that's going to get in it's the highest ranked group of five champion and so that you know out of the aac that probably means going 11 and 2 and winning your your conference um and then you got to see how you stack up against the mountain west champion who could be an 11 and 2 type of team as well so uh they've got a shot it's there's a lot of teams that think they do memphis is on that list of probably seven or eight who, who realistically do so if that were the case in the way that it looks like they're doing the first round, the top four teams get a bye. Obviously, that fifth team is not, you know, non ACC, Big Ten, SEC, or Big 12 school is not going to be, you know, they're going to be in the top four spots. So they're going to be off. So you're saying that there is actually a chance that the Liberty Bowl could host the college football playoff game? <laughs> uh, yeah, there is. Because, I mean, you would have to be among the top eight. So it's, it's far fetched uh, because only the. Uh, if you're 9, 10, 11, or 12, you play your first game on the road. Mm-hmm. So so your group of five champion to host a playoff game, you would have to go undefeated in all likelihood because you'd have to be almost Okay, so you helped me because I thought if you had one of the automatic bids, the, one of those five automatic bids, I thought you got to host in the first round since you didn't get the bye. So the top four conference champions get a bye that – Fifth conference champion, the group of five champion, in all likelihood, they're just going to seed them uh, either five through twelve. It just depends on where they're ranked. That's right. You don't okay. get any that fifth conference champion. To my understanding, they don't get any preferential treatment. Oh, in terms okay. See, of, thank you. I was thinking because they were an automatic bid that there was going to be preferential treatment and they got to host um, a game in the first round. But you obviously know more about this than me, so thank you for helping me. Well, yeah, you would basically you would probably have to go undefeated. You'd have to be on that that. U- UCF uh, or Cincinnati type of trajectory from you know the last five or six years, like those special teams there that 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 did it. You know they would have been in hosting position or whatever. Actually, Cincinnati, since they were one of the top four, they would have had a first round bye. Uh, but like that UCF team that got snubbed under Scott Frost, they would have been a hosting. They would have been a hosting team, but it, it's unlikely that a group of five team would host a playoff game, but not impossible. Wild, wild, wild. Now, um, David, I hate to ask you this because I've spent so much time on college football and I have a hundred million college basketball questions. Is there any way I can have you hold for a break? Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll do it. Man, you are the best. He's David Cobb. Please follow him on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Read all his work at CBSSports.com. We're going to take a quick timeout. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. 
Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. All the wisdom of the universe is in these bones. <laughs> now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. You're so lucky. The weather's beautiful on this Tuesday, and you get to listen to David Cobb from CBSSports.com. Covers college football and basketball, and we got a little Super Tuesday on our hand. D.C., what's up, homie? Yeah, man, what's up? Happy to do uh, segment number two here. But you know the rule on this. When I stick through a break, you got to double my, my salary. So that's just Oh, I love of- it. Dude, I'm gonna yeah. send you, man. The problem is, you've never, you've always turned down the green I try to give you. You're like, no, <laughs> no, dude. I'm hey, like, Johnny, Johnny, that's because you were trying to give me a different kind of green. I know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, classic, were, John. He wanted cash, and I, I was trying to pay him in a different form of cash. Classic. Um, but we got to talk a little college basketball because I love a little Super Tuesday. I have a 50 percent parlay boost. Okay, 50 percent. Mm-hmm. I need three winners, David. This is why you're big ass. You're asking me for three winners. Three winners, baby. I got a couple ideas, and I do want to start in the SEC, which I think is the number one conference in college basketball, bar none. I think so. Are you like? Do you agree a little bit, maybe? You think the yo wait? Okay, hold on now. You think the SEC is better than the Big Twelve? I think, but I think hands down, me and David. David, we have been having this argument for like three weeks now. I've been and I've been I've been winning every one of them. That's not true. (laughs) I think honestly, listen. I know Houston is really damn good. They're still flawed in the fact that their offense can you know shed is very important. Uh, I I just don't you know he can he he did go away against Baylor, but they still won that bad boy in overtime. Their defense is great. I still see, like, I'm just not 100%. I know they're good. Don't get me wrong. I know they're they're the number one team in the country. I'm not saying that. It's just I don't fear them as much as I fear, actually, some of the SEC teams. Iowa State is a damn good basketball team. But, like, for some reason, I just can't believe in the Cyclones. I just can't. Kansas, I think, is flawed. You, uh, their best player is going to be possibly done for the season. They're thin as can be. They can't shoot the three. I don't trust them, and please, I don't even talk, talk about Baylor, please. Please, please. So, I, I like the rhyme in there, that thin as can be, can't shoot the three. You, you should lay down a track about dude. how the SEC is better than the Big 12. I'm Big not 12 sure I track. agree with you. I respect the take. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a bold take. Like, you know, and you, you feel pretty confident about it. So, like, that, that's what I feel very confident as much Big 12 basketball and SEC basketball because that's something that, for some reason, I'm always watching those two conferences. And I yeah, look no, at the depth the in the SEC. That... I look at the big people in the SEC. And I'll just say, like, I mean, when I look at the guard play, I just, I don't know. I look at the SEC and I feel like nine in and nine out. I mean, you talk about just like the top, what, seven teams? Aren't they not? Are, don't they have seven teams ranked right now at the SEC? Yeah, I mean, probably something around that around that number. Or six, it's like six. Six teams ranked. I'm just saying, like, I don't know, man. I feel like the SEC just plays a better form of basketball. 
I think you could argue the SEC is better offensively. Actually, it's not even close. Like, the SEC is better offensively because Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, even Tennessee this year can get buckets. But you look at the defense, the nastiness of a Houston, of an Iowa State, like, those guys, they, they guard their tails off. I'll give that's you why that. I think, that's why I think the Big 12 is more likely to produce a national champion than the SEC. Because I don't trust Alabama, which just gave up 117 against Kentucky. I don't trust them defensively to win six games in the NCAA tournament. We've seen Auburn play a couple of clunkers now in the last few weeks. They got smacked at home by Kentucky. They lost by double digits at Florida. Uh, So I I think the trustworthiness of Houston and Iowa State, to me, is kind of on that that next level. And then I look at Baylor, I look at Kansas, and I see two teams that could win it all, too. And so I'm not saying that, like, that offensively the, the Big 12 is better. Uh, but if you're looking for a national title winner, I would say the Big 12 is far, lo- far more likely to produce one than, uh, than the SEC. All right. Well, I'm going to right now, both of y'all are against me. That's all right. We're going to let it play out. And then we're going to, uh, I'm going to um, hopefully not be eating crow come March when there's a natty. Um, now, I do need to bring up tonight SEC. Kentucky scored 117 on Alabama at the house. They went absolutely crazy. Mississippi State's a three and a half point favorite. Uh, both teams 19 and eight. Mississippi State though mentioned that Mississippi State they are so big down low. They are big. Problem is they can't hit a three either, and they can't shoot free throws. How are they a three and a half point favorite? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of confounded on that one too. My my gut reaction when I see that line is to go with Kentucky, but you're talking Should about I want to put come- I want to put Kentucky on the money line. I, I'm not going to talk you out of it. Um, it just seems to me like there's a reason why this line is what it is. Um, exactly what that reason is, I don't know. But Kentucky is just always one step forward, two steps back. Or maybe it's two steps forward, one step back. Because they're making progress. They're getting better. Uh, but maybe this is that, that step back. Because Kentucky looked really good against Alabama. And they, spat, and they smacked Auburn on the road. But this is the same team that went to Baton Rouge last week. Yeah, and lost LSU. They look like a bunch of bums in the second half. Yeah, and that Mississippi State team, I mean, they are sort of the uh, the antithesis of the rest of the SEC because we've been talking, right, about how good the SEC is offensively, how good the Big 12 is defensively. The Mississippi State team here, they look more like a Big 12 team to me. Defense than they do and rebounds. Team. Yeah, 100%. So I think, I think it could be that, that length could be an issue because you think about the way Kentucky plays. And you think about Rob Dillingham getting into the lane and finishing in the paint. Well, it's hard to do that amongst the trees. And then Mississippi State's got Tolu Smith down there. Even on the perimeter, they're just sort of long and, and rangy. You know, DJ Jeffries, he's low-key one of the better uh, glue guys right now in college basketball. So, you know, he's 6'8", he's long. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would maybe lean towards Mississippi State here, but I'm not going to talk you out of Kentucky. But I just wouldn't put that as part of your, your parlay. I don't you think go I can. Line, and money line sprinkle on the cats for sure, but don't put them as part of a parlay. Got you. Thank you. That's great advice, David Cobb. Sprinkle, sprinkle, magic, magic. If you like the Wildcats on the on the on the money line, but don't be surprised if State wins. This is not a parlay team. Uh, BYU. Wiz Khalifa's kid, Ali Khalifa, is playing in <laughs> Allen Fieldhouse tonight. My man can hit threes all over the place. Kansas thin, banged up, but they don't lose at Allen Fieldhouse. Do they win by more than six and a half? Yeah, I lean Kansas here. I, I think this is the time of year when Bill Self flips the switch. I think it's the time of year when they sort of begin to hit their stride. I think Kansas, in a lot of ways, reminds me of like an NBA team that knows it's going to make the playoff 
And so maybe in, in March and April, you, you don't see that NBA team, you know, go full blast. You've seen Kansas rest Kevin McCuller. Um, just trying to get him He's right. He's not going to play tonight, is he? Well, that's a huge question. I mean, if he does, then it's easy money on Kansas. But uh, even still, BYU going to Allen Fieldhouse, I understand that like BYU has has the metrics trick um, and, and, and that the metrics love BYU. But I don't know that I love BYU enough like the computers do to see him going to Kansas and, and, and keeping that thing close down the stretch. So I, I would I would expect Kansas to win that game like you know, 72 to 60 or something. Man, Kansas, by the way, um, they were hitting on all cylinders on the offensive uh, end against Texas this uh, Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember. They beat them so bad it wasn't even funny. Like, they looked like they could miss. They played great basketball from the tip till end. Is Furphy, like, is he their, their, their glue guy, the dude who looks like Opie? He's sort of their, um, I don't know, he's sort of their offensive wild card to me. Because when Johnny Furphy goes for 18 on – six of nine shooting or whatever mm-hmm. that that makes kansas real dangerous and you're right by the way uh, i just looked it up and it it is it is true that kevin mccullough doesn't play tonight so that brings you back to the drawing board a little bit on your pick there mm-hmm. um six and a half for kansas without kevin mccullough that's a pretty big ask but you bring up johnny furphy and he's the type of player who can cover up that absence because He's so efficient offensively and effective. And he gets to the line all the time. I don't know how this kid is like a a foul magnet. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I, I think he's a NBA level offensive player. I don't think he's there yet defensively. Here, here's the key. Do you trust the depth? Do you trust Nick Timberlake, for example? Dude, he's gonna (laughs) Uh, be starting, isn't he? Well, he is, and he's hot and cold. Like you see him one night, and he hits a few threes. Um, and, and he helps Kansas be a better basketball team. But then you see him another night, and you know he's he's not at his best. He, he's he's missing assignments defensively. Bill Self is getting frustrated with him, and Kansas suffers as a result. But I think about this BYU team and the way they play. I think that actually favors Nick Timberlake because they're not going to physically overwhelm him. You know, he's a Towson transfer and transferring. Oh up yeah, and dude, he can, he can, he, I know he, I mean, he's a very unathletic white guard for Kansas. I mean, he's, he, right. he can play against but, BYU. Exactly. He can play against BYU. Um, so, so, so maybe, maybe cautiously go with the Jayhawks minus that. All right. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. So, um, that the, the Houston team, we got to mention the Cincinnati that like, this is a 13 and a half point line. The total is only one thirty-two and a half, and like I'm like, damn! In Cincinnati, I've watched them this year. They can go cold for long, damn stretches. Not a very good shooting basket, huh? They're just out of gas. Is that what it is? I, I mean, I feel like laying either thirteen half or I don't know what's better. Maybe going under one thirty-two because I don't know if Cincinnati gets fifty. Yeah, I, I actually really like that under. That's a really good. Under because Cincinnati isn't bad defensively. You go and look. No, they'll, they'll fight you down low, but damn, they can't score. Yeah, nobody's scoring ninety against those guys. And Houston wants to play slow, so I, I think the uh, the under actually looks really interesting uh, for for Houston and Cincinnati because you know Houston's going to get up by fifteen in the second half. They're going to take the air out of the ball. Yep. Maybe Cincinnati covers back door, but that total, uh, yeah, you, you're going to need both teams to get to 65 or something for that to hit. I don't see any way Cincinnati gets to 65. And we know Houston is, doesn't really have the appetite to go out there and score 80. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of that under. 
I like that a lot too. Thank you so much. All right, we got one of our big plays that we're going to have um, now. Just kind of, you know, th- this is kind of a weird one. I'm going to throw at you, but again, you cover basketball all over the damn place. Utah State, Fresno State. It's nine o'clock. I kind of wanted to put either them or San Jose State and San Diego State because those are the late games. I want to put one late game as my last one. So if I get my first two, I'm up all night partying, getting ready for that last game. Which do you feel more comfortable with? San Diego State minus 22 and a half? Against San Jose State is terrible, too. I mean, terrible. And I don't know who's going to stop. Uh, what's his name? Lede. That man down low, he's a full-grown man. That's going to be tough. Or Utah State at Fresno State. Utah State, 11 and a half point favorite. I think I like Utah State a little more. That, that 22 is a huge Jeez. number. And. Is San Diego State capable of covering that? Um, yeah, with, without a doubt. Is it a guarantee that they do? Eh, I, I wouldn't say so because it, it's that time of year where a team like San Diego State, they're going to call off the dogs a little bit earlier. They don't need to juice the metrics to try and increase their net ranking. Like They are totally fine in terms of where they're going to be in the NCAA tournament standing. There's no need, no, no motivation for San Diego State to, to mash the gas in the mm-hmm. last 10 minutes of that game tonight. So yeah, if I were you, I would I would look at that uh, the Utah State line and think that one looks a little bit more appetizing to me. Yeah, Utah State needs this one, man. Twenty two and five on the season, in their top twenty five on the road against Fresno State, a very average team out in the Mountain West. I think I'm going to do that one because I got to have a late night action. All right, now, does there anything that just stuck out to you in this world today, and you're like, damn, I kind of like that game? Ah. Uh. Not, not, not in particular, really. Um, I, I do like the under in, in Cincinnati, Houston. That one is interesting to me. Um, what about Texas and Texas Tech tonight? That one's in a Lubbock. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, I think I think Texas Tech. You, you you remember when Chris Beard went back and played uh, at Coach Texas at Texas Tech? Mm-hmm. And like I know that the dynamics there tonight are not the same because Chris Beard isn't the Texas coach anymore. But Texas Tech and their fans, they still hate Texas. Hate. And there is, there is nothing that they would love more than to give Texas a loss in a spot where Texas absolutely needs a win for their NCAA tournament hope. So, yeah, I, I would I would like the, uh, the Red Raiders there in that one. I'm taking Texas Tech on the money line. We're rocking with, with – uh, I'm going with uh, Utah State – and then I'm going under in Cincinnati and Houston. That's our three-game parlay. Thanks, David. You are the best. Be blessed out there, brother. All right, man. Appreciate it. Hope it works out for you. Thank you. That is DC. On the other side, though, we got to switch gears and talk with Zach Boyd. Again, David Cobb. He's at CBSSports.com. Check his work out. Dropping all kinds of articles. Right now, if you're a Memphis Tiger fan, he's talking about Boise State's football team. Dirt Cutter's coming back. They got Malachi Nelson going to play quarterback. Why is this important? Well, damn it, man. We're trying to get into the uh, college football playoffs. That's right. You know what I'm saying? A, this is a football school That's now. That's right. Yeah. Mount up. On the other side, NBA, Tigers, Zach Boyd, Sports 5698.5 FM. The Lou 